Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 117, the podcast where we talk about photography, videography, and anything that's got anything to do with any of that with me, Kirsten Nuts, and Nick Kirby. Shh. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else. And uh, if you are joining us on the audio version of this podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or some such, then be reminded that you can see the full, fully fledged um, color Technicolor version over on YouTube as well, where you would immediately realize that we are, well, in a slightly different environment today. In fact, no, we are back on our set, but we've lit it differently. Yes, yes. Same lights, different positions. Same light, different positions. Just goes to show how much you can do yeah. just by moving some lights around. Oh, and no gels. And no gels. So we just, I don't know. Got bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why not? Yeah. We've why did, not? We've recorded last week's episode uh, in a Porsche. Porsche. Thank you. <laughs> On the road. From Stuttgart. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute as well. But we've, uh, you know, so we haven't really been on our set together for a good few weeks. No, no, we haven't. Yeah. Um, for many reasons, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's all right. Doesn't make a difference. It's the holiday season. It's nice to be in the same room. Exactly. And and plus, it's the summer. You know, we're, we're technically it's the summer break. So, you know, um, it's just all over the place really at the moment. And good God, is it hot in here. <laughs> yeah. Although the heat wave is coming to an end. Mm. As from today, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be last night, but no. Well, it was supposed to be raining today. And then that was like, you know, that, apparently that's not happening tomorrow. Mm. Um, but uh, just looking at the weather forecast, the temperatures are dropping. They are. Yeah, yeah, and they need it. But my flat will retain all of the heat that it's had for at least a month. <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't get rid of it. Yeah. Never. It's probably a good thing, but yeah. Yeah, you're in the first floor as well. Mm -hmm. which, it's a uh, killer. You know, does retain the heat a bit more. It's a killer. So we do have a fan going on right now, but hopefully we can get rid of that in post. Interesting point, because as I mentioned last week's episode, we recorded in a car, in a convertible whilst driving at speed at speed and i mean i have to say i was amazed by how clean the audio shockingly was. good I mean, right it was incredible you know if you if you go back into you know revisit last week's episode especially if you watch the uh, the youtube version of it you can actually see us zooming around um i couldn't hear myself think hmm. you know let Did alone Hear my own voice. My, my favorite part was that you're clearly shouting over <laughs> 70 miles an hour. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you just sounded silly because yeah. there was no other sound. Uh, now, there is a huge problem with it for me mm -hmm. because it, it ha, had the processing on it not been as much as it was, you wouldn't have heard us properly. Sure. I would have had to have done two, yeah. And, you know, got to remember that this is like going out on audio and it's also uh, yeah. going out on video. So for the audio guys only, it needs to be as clean as it can be. Yeah. But for the video guys, it doesn't connect all that much because it's such a cl such clean audio, yeah. you can't hear the car. Yeah. You can't hear much of the outside. And that, for me, is a slight issue. Now... So for the, you, you're going to need to go back and have a little, little listen, but long story short is the, the, 
plugin that I used for the audio to clean it up was called was by Waves. So those of you who you know enjoy their audio will know who Waves are. Um, and it's their um, Waves Clarity uh, plugin, the Pro version, um, and it cleans it up like with AI. Um, it's just superb what it does. Now, the problem I had with this, and I've used this on a, few, a couple of different sources now, but on this particular one, because it was so severe, you could either max it out. Oh, and right. Get... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> As we're talking, who pops up on my watch? Oh, hello, Tommy Reynolds. <laughs> Tommy Reynolds, you just literally popped up on my watch right there. <laughs> if you're listening to this, hopefully not in the car, as per usual. Um, yeah, but don't you always just have a program to have a little picture of Tommy pop up every oh, so often? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, like yeah. looking at him. Every time I, watch, I look at my watch, I've got a picture of Tommy Reynolds right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's your background, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so this plugin, on this particular source, which was in the car, you either have it maxed, and you got what you got. Mm-hmm. But if you notched it down, it started to struggle a little bit. Now, and what I mean by that is you started getting the car sound back in and it felt, you know, say, just say 80%, just for argument's sake, it sounded far more natural like that. Mm-hmm. You know, voice is clear, car was there, but there were too many artifacts to make it usable. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by artifacts is you got this kind of. <laughs> kind of sound mm. in the background not on the voices but in the background yeah. and it was just like uh, it was unacceptable for me to use that kind of sound going on so i had to just get rid of it all mm. the thought then crossed my mind and this is what you would probably do in real life is you then you could add some car noise in in the background yeah separate car noise um i didn't do that because i couldn't be bothered that was a lot of work because you've got to remember <laughs> yeah. that you're accelerating and slowing down and I'm not going through an hour's worth of podcast and for sure do you know what I mean it's not worth it the other option that you have with it is it this plugin you can also uh clean it up so you've just got the voices but you can do the opposite you can mm-hmm. get rid of all the voices right and just have just the have ambience ah, okay, right I see. now the pro- because the severity of the source material here in a car, the ambient sound had the same artifacts in it, which kind of makes sense because it's mm. just a polar opposite. So, and so I thought uh, my idea was, oh, I'll, I'll take the ambience and I'll just feed that in just underneath slightly. Mm. Had the same issues and it just wasn't usable. So I thought the best solution for everyone concerned was to get rid of it all, clean up the voices as much as you could mm. and go with that. So that's what I did. Yeah. But, Powerful stuff, right? I, I'm actually amazed that it sounds the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the thing about you know cleaning up the audio, for instance, you know, and making it usable or acceptable for the audio listeners as well as the YouTube, you know, uh, viewers. Um, you know, I've, I've I've sort of I faced that every time I've recorded an episode. Um, over in Germany, for example, where yeah. typically I've just used the 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 uh, the Rode Video Mic Go Two, which actually is a brilliant mic, generally speaking, when you're, at, you know, at a push, when you're in a fix, it's a brilliant mic to use. But one thing I realized was that, you know, um, if I use that for the YouTube version, 
it was actually really acceptable because you sort of have the you know the visual to go with yes. it. But when you then yeah. listen to the audio only, then you really latch onto the lack of the, the issue. Quality, yeah, issues the issues, if you yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And so I couldn't agree more. And that's you know that that was my that was you know that was my my basic problem with it. And so I kind of thought, okay, I mean, it is easy to travel with. You know, you just it's mm-hmm. small. It doesn't require batteries. Throw in your suitcase. You know, you just I mean, then you hand luggage or whatever, and you're good to go. You know, yeah. it's it's a brilliant thing. Um, but that you know there, there is a um, you're sort of giving away some of the quality. But in comparison to what you would want to hear on a, on the audio version, on the audio podcast only. That's it. You know. a- absolutely. And so I was just looking up the the price of that plugin in a minute. So the pro version of Waves Clarity is currently two hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. which is this is the one I use. Um, now. That's apparently half price at the minute. Now, it's not. You can get that cheaper. They Waves are one of those companies that they well, plug-in companies are like this in general for audio. You can get that a lot cheaper. I believe I got it for um, eighty quid. Oh, really? Okay. Eighty pounds. So, what would that be? One hundred and ten dollars or something mm-hmm. like that um, when it came out but that was when it came out. Right. They do a non-pro version, which has just lim- a slightly limited feature set. I believe what I did with the audio in last week's episode, I could have done with the non-pro version. Phenomenal. I mean, I'm pretty confident. I mean, the thing is, like, if you're out on location, for instance, you know, you're running and gunning, you're recording some video, you know, your audio is ropey because there's a lot of background noise. Mm. That will take care of it. Without it any will. question. I mean, it's amazing, phenomenal. You know, the, the way we tested it in an open top car going 70 miles an yeah. hour, at, you know, at some point, uh, you know, I'm, it's, uh, you know, incredulous, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Incredible. Crazy stuff. The, the technology behind it is absolutely out. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the, you know, there are drawbacks. Now, the, the voices can sound a little bit tinny at times when you really listen to it. And that's because it, the severity of what it's trying to remove. Oh, for sure. Is, and that, and they're, they're the artifacts to yeah. it. And they're the artifacts. And I mean, we, we were re- recording the whole thing with um, lapel mics. Which doesn't uh, help. From Rode. But, but, you know, purely, from a, purely from, a, from a sound tech point of view, you know, we had lapel mics that were relatively close to our mouths. And we had dead cats on them. Which you know absolutely did, did their job. Yeah. It's not going to get rid of wind noise into your mic. Oh, That's sure. not what it's there for. Mm. Um, it's not going to get rid of reverb in a room. Sure, it's not what it's there for. It's there to clean up and give you the purest vocal voice sound that it can possibly do. Mm. Car noise is not a voice sound. It gets <laughs> no. rid of it. R- reverberation in a room. Mm is so it will keep that however it does also give you the option to get rid of that too yeah. or you can use a whole host of other d reverb yeah. um plugins to get rid of that if you need it really dry which is what you want for a podcast i always do i was trying to do that on the uh multiband eq good luck <laughs> yeah exactly i'm trying to, trying to find that now. good luck yeah. on honestly 
if you want quick and dirty to get rid of room sound, room sound is generally, it is general, generally around 500 hertz. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You want to just get mm. rid of, just notch out. You can make it fairly wide, but not too wide because you'll see what happens to your voice when you make mm. it too wide. But not just notch out a few dB between three and five, maybe for for voice. Mm. And actually, it makes you, it gives you that. Just doing that kind of move gives you that kind of. It's called a, like a smiley face mm. um, kind of curve, which is actually what you want for a podcast kind of sound anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, that's quick and dirty. So if you're only running, I don't know, Final Cut Pro X or you know, or Premiere Pro or something, you don't have lots of uh, plugins, just use a multiband EQ and you can get rid of that um, room sound to an extent, mm -hmm. relatively easily. But I do highly recommend the Plugin Alliance um, D-Reverb plugin. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Much better than um, Isotopes, which is the other main one that people use. Yeah, I did, I did get some... so much simpler to use. I did get some Isotopes plugins. At some point, uh, some of them. The when they were on sale, the the elements versions for correct, like yes, thirty bucks, something like that, something like that, a couple of years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them have sort of stopped working. Um, oh shame! Yeah, and um, yeah, so you mm. know, overall, I have the latest version of RX nine. I've got the latest version, which is yeah, RX nine. Mm. Um, I and I've still got RX seven as part of it. Okay. So I might be able to give you my transfer the ownership of RX7 to you. There you go. You didn't hear that here first. No, you're allowed to see <laughs> stuff like that. You <laughs> can right, do okay. that. Well, you can do go. that. Uh, um, yeah. But because it was an up, I, I'll have to see. Right. I'm not sure. Sweet. Cool. So that was our last last week's podcast. Um, a bit of an experiment, but it actually worked out really well. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So for this week, what we're talking about is... Why do we create? Wow. It's, I came up with the idea. I was listening. I was actually listening to... Um, super philosophical. I know. I was listening to another podcast the other day. And, um, and there was, there was, you know, the idea stuck with me. Because it's true, actually. You know, it's true to say that a lot of the times when, you know, you watch YouTube videos or, you know, you listen to podcasts, um, a lot of it is based on how to do something, how to light something, how to use a camera, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to post somebody, whatever. Um, how to create this look, how to mix something, how to color grade something. But it's not very often that the simple question of why we create what we create is actually being addressed. Oh. And it seems, you know, it seems, it seems philosophical, maybe to, to some, but actually it's a very valid question. Well, it is. You know, yeah. because why do we do what we do? And at this point, we're going to go into, you know, we're going to talk about why we do what we do. But uh, again, as always, it'd be super interesting to hear why you do what you do. Do you do judo? Or did you, do you do voodoo? Did you, did you say doo-doo? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, so. You know, why do you create? Um, get in touch. You know, let us know. Send us a message uh, on Instagram, or you can get in touch on the TikTok or um, the Facebook or Twitter. Hey, if anybody out there uses Twitter, Trump <laughs> at no, not anymore. No, not anymore. No, not anymore. No, at Shake Camera. You know, get in touch. Send us a message. Be super interesting uh, to hear from you. Why do you do what you do? Let's know. <laughs> Basically. You said doo-doo. I probably did. Anyhow, so 
Why do we create? <laughs> um, and that's, by the way, that's true for, you know, it, it's true for photography. It's true, I mean, it's true for any creative endeavor. Obviously, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, it's your photography or whether it's, you know, whether you like make videos or whether you like, I don't know, painting, you know, drawing, graphic design, whatever it may be, any creative art as such, you know, it boils down to the same thing. It's like, why do you do what you do? Why do some people do it and others don't? Why doesn't everybody do it? That's what I don't understand. I've never thought about this before. This is, this is a trickier question than I thought it was going to be. Um, well, my initial reaction to that question would be that it, when I create pretty much anything, whether that's this podcast that we're doing right now mm -hmm. or any other kind of video or any other mixing, anything I'm doing or writing a song or whatever it might be that's like that, the things that I'm interested in creating, I... It's one of the few moments in my life on a day-to-day -day basis that I get true fulfillment mm -hmm. where I feel that I have achieved something, that I've done something good, that whatever other word you want to throw in there for that type of feeling... Um, Huh. That's tricky. Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how else to put it right now. Mm. That's, tri that's a tricky one to answer. Because, I mean, you know, there are different reasons as to why, you know, why someone would create something. I mean, one would be for commercial use, obviously, you know, <clears throat> but I, I, don't, I don't think of it that way at all. I do it, it's a need for me. Hmm. It's not, I uh, I don't do it to make money. Okay, I don't do it, I do do it to make money, but um, that's not the real reason. I do it because it fulfills me. Mm -hmm. I am fortunate enough that I can make some money doing those things that I love sure. doing. Hmm. Very few people that are, able to say that because it's and i've that's gutting actually for it's, me. Very, it's, it's very often, it's a difficult step from you know uh from from being creative and then you know creating stuff and then monetizing your your, your craft basically. The, do you know what there's something restricting about making money from it there's something i don't like about that um it yes it gives you perhaps more opportunities to create, which is great. And you can experiment to a certain extent and things like that and have some fun. But you're always under some kind of time pressure. You can't always do what you want to do with it because you've got to meet the client's brief, you know, and you can, you can talk about that for forever. But when you, when money isn't involved, and you're not doing it for someone else and you're only doing it for yourself. There's something a bit more freeing about creating mm. at that point. 
that's true there are also dangers with that i think yeah, you know, yeah dangers, you know i mean you know it comes back to the you know done is better than perfect thing i think when you when you're creating for yourself the danger is that you'll never finish the project because you're always kind of stuck in this sort of development hell you know where you're like yeah, yeah. you know you want to make something better and you, you you're looking for the next thing and it's you know you're trying to tweak this and that and something else and you know you're never really going to get to the end of it and and then it's really down to you to be in a sense, you know, hard nosed enough to basically just draw the line and say, like, right, okay, this this one thing is done, mm-hmm. and I'm going to move on to the next thing. That's a that's a hard decision to uh, to to take sometimes when you're doing it just for your own fulfillment. When you're working for a client, and in many ways, it's much easier because there's a deadline, and then that's it. You know, um, you have to deliver, and whatever it is that you deliver at that point is what it is, and then it you know you take it from there basically but but mm. you know coming back to the the sort of core reason as to why you know we create i you know i often think and for myself this is really true um for anything that i've ever done whether that's you know video uh, you know we talked about this many times like but you know when i was a kid i started with a video camera actually you know as you film mm-hmm. everything around me and it's to make little videos um and cut them together and make little little kind of what I thought I thought of as movie little movie sequences you know um and then of course when I got into music I you know made a lot of music and wrote material and you know wrote music and came up with stuff you know initially of course when you're a kid you know you come up with riffs and then those riffs develop into more substantial musical sequences and then eventually you get to the point where you actually write whole songs and then it you know then you write you write songs for yourself for your own um, enjoyment and, you know, and then maybe you play in a band and you write songs for the band and then it, it goes on to writing songs for other people. And, you know, and in photography, it's, it's a similar thing, you know, because certainly when I got into photography, it wasn't because I had any kind of commercial intent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it was mainly, it was really just for myself. And, um, I had particular reasons as to why. I got into it because my life was at a certain point and things had happened and I just needed an outlet, basically. And then it just went from there to well, pretty much in the same in the same vein. You know, it's like you, you do stuff and you just do them because you want to do them and you've got fun doing them. And then somebody turns around and says, well, you know what? Can you do this for me? And I'll actually, I'll give you some money for it. <laughs> you know, and you go, yeah. oh, really? All right, okay. And then then, you know, you're in the realm of making commercial transactions you know and then it's not necessarily very far from there to then thinking well if there's one person willing to pay you you know there might be other people mm-hmm. willing to pay you but mm-hmm. but you know ultimately that the thing of of making things for me it's always been the process of making something you know that's the that's the part i enjoy like it doesn't matter whether it's music or, or whether it's photography or whether it's making a video. I like the actual process of making it. Once I'm done with it, I'm done with it. And then I'm looking forward to the next idea, yeah. the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I quite like the, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's this, this blend of creativity and technology and technique, you know, where you're putting these things together and you're getting technically better at doing something just like playing the guitar. You know, you, the, the better you get technically, the more you can do on the instrument. That means the more complicated or complex things you can, yeah. you can write and, and perform and whatnot. 
And it's the same thing in photography. The, the better you get, the better you get at handling your camera and handling lighting and all that kind of stuff and, and post-production, of course. This is the better your stuff's going to get. And in a sense, for me, that's always been the driver, you know, where I always then thought, ooh, okay, that's not half bad. If I can do that, I wonder if I can do this other thing, mm. you know? And of course, you come up against obstacles and you're going to have to get over them by gaining the knowledge somehow, you know, maybe by you learn how to, you learn new skills in any way you want to learn, you know, books, YouTube videos, you know, talking to other people. Um, and then you gain that additional skill and, and that enables you to do another thing. And, you know, and, and as you go on like that, you just create this multifaceted skill set that then allows you to create more and more of stuff. And on the flip side of that, of course, that, that sort of then allows you to, you know, to turn that into an income in a sense, you know, if you, if you mm. then want to commercialize it, but whether you want to commercialize it or not, is is completely, that's a whole different question, you know, because I guess, you know, a lot of people say, and in fact, we had a comment um, on it the other day, in one of our YouTube videos, you know, where somebody, somebody said, um, you know, I only, I only take photos for enjoyment. I, I'm not really interested in making money for it. Oh, it was, it was basically, it was a response to a video we did a few weeks ago, um, which was about, you know, should hobby photographers uh, charge money ah, for it? Yep. Remember? Yeah. And so one of our uh, one of our viewers, you know, left a comment saying like, "Oh well, you know, actually, I just want to do it for fun, and that's totally cool, you mm -hmm. know, one hundred percent." But you know, and we get to that in a minute when you then start to create stuff for somebody else. You're then, in in a sense, you're making use of your skill or your skills and your talent, but at the same time, you're limited by whatever it is that your that your client wants or requires and you're also limited by what you've agreed to deliver mm -hmm. because the difficult part there is to basically actually to restrain yourself to say like well no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend another 12 hours on the color grading because because the client's only paying me for this one day of editing, you know, and that's, that's a difficult, that's a difficult thing to do. It is, but that's also where you're, you know, you need to have put the hours in before mm. to know that you can still get it to a high enough standard. Sure. Without needing to put all those additional hours in that you would like to yeah. like to put. And sometimes you have to, because things, you know, things do go wrong. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. To, you know, Always <laughs> put the put the hours into fix it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, no. I, I hear what you're saying. It's. I mean, I I feel. I I do feel uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, I just did a, an audio project recently for my for myself, and um, um, it it was brilliant just mm -hmm. to do that you know mm -hmm. but we were under so so me and me and paula we were we were under time pressure mm. to get it done by a certain date because we were doing something for our dad's birthday mm -hmm. and that it was just enough of a deadline to go that is going to have to do i could have spent another two weeks on that yeah she said the same 
She said the same. And, you know, she says, if I, I need a deadline, otherwise mm. I will find reasons not to do it today. Sure. Or reasons that I would like to redo that or redo this. Yeah. But if it's 95% there and actually you would need to spend another, the same time again to just get that extra 5%, mm. why? Yeah, it's an 80 20 rule. Yeah, it's only you yeah. who's going to notice it. Yeah, no one else. Yeah. No one else. Yeah. Anyway. See, yeah. it's an interesting thing because, you know, my wife is, she's actually very creative in her own way, um, but she doesn't, she's not like involved in photography or, or music or anything like that. Um, and it's to her, she's a very kind of analytical, analytical can't even talk. <laughs> Half a bit in, I can't talk. <laughs> she's, she's a very analytical um, person. Uh, she's a very academic person, you know, and, um, and I think before we met, it was very difficult for her to understand how somebody can spend the amount of time that I spend on creating something, right? And it's only, you know, it's only since she's known me, she's realized how this is, it's like a compelling force. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain that to her like that, you know, well, I didn't in the beginning, I, you know, it's not that I, it's not that I want to make, I mean, of course I want to make things, but it's not only that I want to make things, I'm compelled to, to make things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have no, really no choice in the matter. I know? don't know what I would do if I didn't yeah. create. You know, and it's, it's part, you know, partly of course. God, I'd be bored. Well, yeah, you'd be bored, but also, you know, it's part of your, your whole mental health and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, I mean, for those of you who have, you know, been following this this podcast, you know, uh, for some time, you'll know that the reason why we started this podcast, of course, we'll come back to that, um, was because of the pandemic. And we were in this situation where we basically were cut off from the rest of the world, you know, stuck, imprisoned, if you like, you know, because of the, uh, because of the lockdown. And we both got to the point where we thought like, what the heck are we going to do? Mm. You know, we have to do something like literally just physically do something. We can come up with some idea as to how we can stay creative and make stuff. And, you know, whilst we're in this, in this situation and at the time it was a bit, you know, it was a bit of a, it was like therapy, wasn't it? It was like, you know, mental health therapy, if you want. And we did loads of things and we came up with lots of different things, you know, we just made up stuff, you know, like, yeah, we, we started a podcast, but then within that, we made little competitions and we made things, you know, we just kind of. Which know. we should get back to, by the way, Ooh, and not that I've got any bloody time right now to <laughs> yeah, do that. But I do but... have an idea for that. I do have an idea. Okay, fine. Which I won't mention we've now. Actually, we've actually got a couple of outstanding guest um, challenges. Oh, yes. And uh, there's, there's quite potentially something coming up in that respect. So you okay. know, we'll talk more about that. We're not going to stop here or pause. You're going to keep talking, but I'm going to just walk out that door for a second and come back. <laughs> okay. <All cool>. right. <laughs> keep talking. Awesome. You, you. No problem. I'll be back. <laughs> so anyway, you know, get in touch. Let us know why you are, why you do what you do. Um, obviously. And, you know, like I said earlier, is it, you know, what is the driver in what you do? Is your driver that you need to pay the mortgage or you need to pay the rent is that your drive is it a commercial thing because i know i have friends who are professional photographers for example and you know 
they may very well be their driver. Maybe because they have a kid or, or they have a family, you know, they need to put food on the table and that's what drives them. And in their spare time, I can fully understand. Maybe they don't want to have anything to do with photography or, or cameras or anything like that. Maybe they just want to get out of it. Sound effect right there. <laughs> um, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, when you, you know, when six o'clock comes around, you know, you shut the doors, that's it. You just want to Netflix and chill. All cool. Um, no problem. But, you know, is that you or can you just never stop? Is it the thing that kind of rattles around in your brain? Is that, yeah, is there an idea? And I know, you know, what happens with me is I have an idea and it rattles around in my brain. I'm trying to work out how to do this, how to do this thing that I've just come up with. And then before you know it, before I know it, I get sidetracked by another idea that rattles around my brain. I kind of think, oh, that's an even cooler idea. And then, you know, something else happens and then it's like, oh, that's a really good idea. And you know how, and I can't remember who, who that's based on, but you know how you can, you can kind of uh, classify people. Like you can basically say like, okay, well, this person is a finisher and this person is whatever. Oh, there's so many different words for that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know, and I've always found that I'm not very much of a finisher. I'm more like, I'm sort of more of an ideas guy, you know, where basically I have an idea and, you know, I think that at that moment, I think, well, this is the coolest idea I've ever had. And then, you know, a little while later, I have another idea and be like, ooh, that's even better. And then I'm sort of completely invested into that idea. Do you know what one of your best ideas today has been? Beer. Nope. <laughs> no? Nope. McDonald's oh, for dinner. Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> that's always a good idea. That's not even my idea. That's always a good idea. Oh. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, I struggle to finish stuff often. Um, and it's, it's, and it's, it's actually not necessarily because I want to keep, you know, making it better. I know I've got to get that final 5% perfect and all that. Mm. It's not necessarily that it's actually more, I just love the process so much that I, you know, I, I just want to keep going with it. You know, I don't want it to end. It's more yeah. that than anything else. And I, I find that with audio constantly. I find that with video. Mm. I find it less so with just photos. All right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I have thought about this before and I've, I've wondered why. And the reason, the, the reason is, is because I'm well-versed in audio. I'm well-versed in video but I'm not as good at photo. My skills are not as, as, as good at photo as they are in video and, um, sure. and audio. And I think that is the reason why. So, however, the result is the same. And what I mean by that is that audio and video, I'll keep going because I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love what I'm doing. Mm. Photo, I still love it, but I keep going because I don't think it's quite there yet. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I don't yeah, believe because my skills are not as good there as they are in the other two areas. Sure. And, and, and I can, I can sort of say my skills are the, the, the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, right, yeah. right. 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 Sure. Um, sorry. The dog was just, uh, jumping. She's so thirsty, but she won't get near her water. Come on. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn hot in here. Come on, I'm, I'm going to move the water <laughs> for her. 
it's it's one of those things. I mean, see? the problem with the creative arts is is that she's a queen, mm. little princess, needed the water mm. bringing to her. You know, especially. I think the, the you know the creative arts generally. I mean, even if you sort of categorize it, and you kind of say, okay, well, you've got visual arts, and then you've got you know music, for example, or whatever. But ultimately, it's all really about creativity. It's about making something you know, out of thin air. And this is the thing that's fascinated me ever ever since I was a kid. Was just this thing that you can you have an idea, and then you go through a process, and then by the end of it, you have something tangible like. Mm-hmm. A new piece of music, or a new photo, or a new video, or whatever, and you've just made something out of thin air, out of something that didn't exist. You just birthed something into existence that didn't exist before, and that's always the thing that's been that's fascinated me in the past. It's like how you know we as humans are capable of just taking something, an idea, you know, some electrical impulses in your brain, some syn- synapses that are firing in there somewhere, and then to turn it into pew, something, pew, pew. Yeah, <laughs> to t- turn it into something that's actually something tangible, yeah, something that actually yeah. exists at the end, you know, and that's, yeah. that's always fascinating me. It's, it's sort of a, it's this thing, you know, and you, I think you're either the kind of person who enjoys the end product, like, you know, you have well, people like my mom, you know, she likes to go to galleries and look at photographs or paintings or whatever. She's not very really interested in the process of making something. You know, she likes to watch plays, but she's not very really interested in the in the process of writing plays. You know? That is so hard for people like us to understand. Mm. I don't get that at all. I can't understand how someone can listen to music, look at a photo, watch mm. a video, and not wonder... Oh, how has that been done? Not ask why. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I. How is that? We're just complete. You just wired differently, mm. and that's not to say that they're wrong. Oh, to no, not, it's not, it's not in the slightest. Because sure. they're the people that should be there to enjoy it. You know, we don't enjoy watching a film or any kind of video or listening to music in the same way that people who aren't creatives, let's say, yeah, do. They hear it and watch it and see it in a totally different way to us. Completely, and, and you know, I, I'm slightly envious of that to a certain extent. You know, in in many ways, I mean, you know, this is the, the, again one of the discussions I have with my wife um, once in a while is is that, you know, we listen to music differently. She listens to music and she's taken aback by the vibe and what it makes, what it reminds her of. Maybe it reminds her of a time in the past. You know. A particular moment or maybe just puts her in a particular mood you know mm-hmm. that's you know that's that's listening to uh, that's what listening to music means to her and that's it's amazing for me i listen to a piece of music and i immediately think wow the guitar parts are on the beat or that behind the beat or you know or the drummer has that laid-back feel or the snare sounds awesome or the backing vocals are amazing or something like that you know and I'm thinking like, you know, whatever, the harmonies are great or that Fender Road sound is fantastic or that arrangement is really cool. That chord progression is amazing. How did they come up with isn't, that? Isn't it funny? Because I, I automatically go to the mix of the song right. and how it sounds overall 
Yeah. Uh, it's, what, what, why is there so much low end on that guitar? Why is there this? Well, whatever it might be, yeah. all that, all of that kind of stuff, right? And secondary to that would be uh, the performance, yeah. you know, which contributes to the sound anyway. But that would be slightly secondary. And tertiary to that would be the um, yeah things like arrangement and you know, or, yeah. you know the, the actual writing. Well, I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, what the they go from a C minor seven. You know, it was only a few a, years ago I actually started hearing any lyrics. Right. Oh, yeah. I've never listened because I, I, quite frankly, I've never given two shits what anyone has to say <laughs> when they're singing. I don't care. So here's, here's a funny thing, right? So, I care about the melody of what they're singing. Yeah, well, and absolutely. how it fits musically. 100%. But I do not care what you have to say. <laughs> so see the thing. I mean, the thing. The thing for me about this is, you know, I grew up. You know, I grew up in in Germany, and um, obviously, you know. Obviously, you only listen to David Hasselhoff over there, right? Oh, apart from that, yeah. Nothing of else. Course, definitely. But apart from, apart from the Hoff, um, you know, I used to grow up, when I was a kid, I used to grow up speaking German. And, um, and you know, especially when I grew up, 95% of the music that would, we would listen to on the radio was English speaking. So it was either, you know, American mm-hmm. or, or British or whatever. And, you know, that was the thing. It's a little bit different now. When I go to Germany and I listen to the radio, they have definitely a higher percentage of, of German lyrics type of, you know, German, German produced music. Um, but it's not like in France where there's a, there's a ratio that by mm. law has to be, you know, upheld. But in any event, you know, when, when I grew up, it was predominantly English speaking, um, English speaking music. And, and so, you know, I grew up listening to the melodies, not understanding what the, what the words meant. And so for me, but the words literally meant nothing because I didn't know what they were. And, and so, you know, your, your focus is automatically on, on the melodies. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, when, um, you know, uh, when eventually I started music in, in the UK, you know, I was playing in, in bands at college or whatever, and, you know, and uh, then eventually I, I played in a band for, for nine years. Um, and we wrote exclusively uh, original material. And I remember... Even after nine years, I had no clue what the songs were about because I'd never really paid any attention to the meaning of the words. Mm. I knew all the melodies, you know, and all the harmonies and all the rest of it, but I didn't actually know what the words were saying. Yeah. And that's just because I just, you know, I just grew up listening to the melodies. And my, my concern has always been like, oh, how does how does the melody flow? You know, how does, you know, what are the intervals? How does it go? You know? Yep. Um, yep. And I've never really, yeah, I never really paid any attention to the lyrics. And it was only when I started working in studios and I started working um, with other, you know, songwriters in particular and lyricists that I really started to realize how, what an art form that actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular, I've worked with, uh, with a number of, of lyricists or, or songwriters who, inc- or songwriters, I should say, who are incredible lyricists. And what struck me with that um, was how quickly, how fast they could come up with words that were actually really deep, really meaningful, and and worked with the melody and all the rest of it. But just the speed of coming up with that was amazing. And of course, I had um, I worked with um, with a songwriter called Mark Tremaine, um, who did a lot of R and B uh, and hip hop type of music, and we wrote a lot of stuff together, and we worked on a lot of songs together. Um, a lot of tracks for a lot of different artists over probably over the span of about 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember, you know, I asked him 
one point. He's like, how did you? There was one, I'll tell you what, there was one particular situation where we were in a studio. We we're actually working on, on, on a track and then we just had a break. And I just, during the break, I just, you know, I had my guitar and I just started playing like some, you know, some solo arrangement, kind of bluesy, funky type of a thing, right? And then um, the actual singer started rapping and then Tremaine started kind of calling response rapping, having a rap conversation, if you want. And it all made perfect sense. And it was a full-on rap rhyming conversation made up right that second. And I remember sitting there going like, I have completely, I have no idea how they're doing How mm. the hell are they doing this? You know? And it was, it's interesting because I had this conversation with Tremaine at some point. And I was just like, man, I, I just don't understand how you do this. How are you able to come up with these incredible lyrics just from the tip of hat, you know? And he said, look, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's just like you playing the guitar because you spend hours every day playing the guitar and you get better playing the guitar. And I look at you playing the guitar and I don't understand how you do what you do. You know, yep. but so. he said, you know, when you write your first song, it's different. It's difficult. You know, you write your second song, it's difficult. You write your 10th song, it's you know, getting a little bit easier. He said, I've spent the last 15 years doing nothing but writing songs. That's why I am as good as this. Just like you are as good at playing the guitar yep. as you are, because you haven't done anything other than doing that for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, then you start to realize it's, yeah, I mean, this is the talent, it's a skill that needs to be honed and crafted and worked on, you know, and you just, you get good by doing the thing over and over and over and over again. And then you do it again, you know, and again and again and again. And as you keep doing it, you just get better at it. You get better, so, you get faster at it. And there's that, it's, it's, I'll get the phrasing wrong or I'll get it slightly wrong, but there's something out mm-hmm. there that says, if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you'll be, you, that's when you become an expert uh, yeah. at doing whatever that is. Yeah, but yeah. I, don't, I don't really know if it's exactly 10,000 hours, yeah. but I know whatever that, that, yeah, that is, right? Yeah, um, mm. There's something like a crazy number. Yeah. You know, it takes years and years and years. And it doesn't matter how quickly you get through it, you just need to spend that amount of time yeah. doing it. I also find that, you know, when you move from one creative, um, art form to another, it's, you know, th- there are some sort of, some transferable skills almost. Oh, for sure. The, the way I've always tried to explain creativity, um, because, you know, one of the things that happens quite regularly is um, when, you know, when I, let's say I go back to Germany and I meet people that I went to school with and they, they're maybe in careers that have nothing to do with uh, being creative at all. Like, I mean, you know, maybe they're lawyers or, or they work for the tax man, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Or they do I'm business the tax stuff. man. Um, yeah. And, you know, one, one of the, the tax man. <laughs> one, of the, one of the questions that comes up a lot is, you know, how, like, you know, how do you do what you do? Like, how can you be, how can you come up with stuff all the time? And, and you know, I've always, to me, creativity has always been this thing where I always imagine it like this. I imagine it like a locked door. Mm-hmm. And your ability to be creative is your ability to have the key and to unlock that door. And you basically open that door and that's what allows you to let that creativity flow. And in, in my head, it's a little bit like, well, 
if you if you don't have the key and you can't open that door, mm-hmm. then you're going to be blocked off from being able to let those creative ideas out. And you may feel like you're not able to be creative. But I do believe that every human being has that ability, that innate you know, ability to be creative. It's just about finding that key. And what you do is when you, you know, you get into those sort of, those of disciplines, you, know, you get into music or you get into photography or creating videos or whatever, it's you're on that quest to finding that key that allows you to just open a door and let it flow. You know, and I some you know sometimes when you're when you have these moments where you have you know writer's block, mm-hmm. basically where you just sit down and you're like, oh man, I can't come up with anything. Like, what is happening? You know, I can't think of anything. I then start to almost like meditate and just imagine, literally, visually imagine that door in my head. You know, and I imagine that key and I imagine opening that door, and that tends to work for me. Mm. You know. Without going like super esoteric here. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, I visualize a door. That's literally what I do. I mean, it's literally what I do. But, um, you know, because sometimes, of course, the thing is like, sometimes you just have to, the, the problem is, it's all well and good to sit on the couch and wait for, you know, creativity to hit you. There's only right. one way for it to happen. It's got to do it. Yeah, you're gonna have to do it. That's you just it. have to do it. No. That's ultimately that's it. And out of nowhere, you'll go, Oh, that's good. Yeah, and you just carry on. Yeah. You just have yeah. to get started. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You you can run into that trap very easily. Yeah. Very, very easily. And you know, very often what, what that means for me at home is the starting point is very often just setting up the backdrop. Yep. You know, setting up the tripod, setting up the lights, you know, setting up some props. And before you know it, you've got backdrop, you've got lights, you've got props. And then you're pretty much halfway yeah. down the road already. You know? So what is an argument to say, don't have it set up all the time, right? Sure. So... Because once you start oh. that process, you're 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 invested, you're committed. Then at that point, yeah, if it's already yeah. set up constantly, you're ah, oh, sod it. The same is true if you've got um, a separate space, like away from your house. Mm-hmm. That's not you know not a home home oh, yeah. studio. That maybe yeah, yeah. May, even if it's a separate building attached to your house or mm-hmm. in the garage or wherever it might be, or down the high street. You know what doesn't matter. You're leaving where you normally are to go to go to a specific place. Yeah. You're then invested oh, in doing yeah, something yeah, once that, you're that's there. That's absolutely work. Yeah, totally. You do you know what that's I mean? It, yeah, it sure. does make a difference. That kind of stuff. Uh, you're actually absolutely right. So you know, my shooting space at home is has some multiple functions, um, and um, I you know I have to take some of my gear down. Um, Sometimes, and you know, sometimes I leave the backdrop up. Um, sometimes I have to take everything down because we move a table in or whatever. Um, and sometimes I leave it set up for a little while. But I actually like the fact that I have to take stuff down because every time I set it back up, or every time I think like, okay, well, I've got this idea and I want to, you know, I want to do something. Or even if it's just, you know, I have time and I'm going to go, I just want to do something. I don't know what it is yet. 
I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to start by clearing the space, setting up the lights or setting up the backdrop or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the starting point. And then very often you, you get from there because you're already physically doing something. Then it's literally just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. Yep. Before exactly you know right. it, you know, you've, you've actually made something. And of course, you know, we're not talking about, at this point, we're really just take, talking about little creative projects. We're not talking about, you know, um, commercial no. endeavors. However, that being said, as you as you hone your skill, as you come up with different ways to light something, if you come as you come up with different looks, maybe you come up with different, you know, angles or whatever it is. What you're actually doing is you're enhancing your skill set, which is something that then you know that then can be monetized um, and can can be turned into into income because it's something else that you can offer. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest examples for that is always you know trying to. Uh, you know, trying to change in, in terms of headshots, you know, trying to change your backgrounds or trying to change your looks or your angles, you know, cr coming up with different looks. Um, I'm always endeavoring to do that because the, the sort of the, the most commercially viable looks that I use at the moment are all fine and dandy, but I can do them with my eyes shut. Mm -hmm. And I need to break out of that mold a little bit. I know they're sellable. Um, you know, I know they work for my clients, but I, you know, I, I'm always looking for more variety. Yeah, on that. absolutely. And and you should maintain doing the ones that work. Oh, no sure. question. One hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they work for a reason, yeah. right? But you know, you need to keep your you're kind of well. You need to hold your own interest mm. in what you're doing, so that you can try something new. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, it, it very quickly becomes like a. I don't. Oh God! Like good job. God! Another bloody headshot session. Yeah, yeah. It becomes, it becomes the same, same yeah. shots again and again and again. And this actually, that's why I don't like to do short sessions. I don't like to do twenty minute sessions. Mm -hmm. It's not what I do. Um, I try to stay away from it. So you do know. you do you break those out? I know we've talked about these sessions a lot, but I don't mm -hmm. know. I never remember how far we get into them. Into, into them, but do you break them out in such a way we do look one, look two, look three, all of that kind of stuff? I know you break them into looks yeah. that they might want to do, but how do you break them down with regards to um, type of shot that you're doing? Okay, so that really, I mean, it's. That depends on a number of different things. Like one of the things um, that it depends on is uh, how much time the client has, because mm -hmm. I because my sessions my session is open ended, so there's no there's no time limit on it. Uh, so it's not like you know you're getting a twenty minute session, or you're buying an hour or two mm -hmm. hours or whatever. Yeah, um, it's literally you know it's open ended. The, where that makes sense for me is is in the more uh, you know the more different looks I can I can provide, the more options there are for. Uh, for the client to buy additional photographs, which is basically where the profit comes in. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's essentially, if you think about it, it's sort of a way of upselling. You mm -hmm. know? Yep. So if I can, if the client says to me like, okay, well, you know, I've got an hour, then I can run through so many different looks, you know, and if they say, oh, I don't have, I don't have an appointment or something, I've got a couple of hours, then I know I can extend it. And then for me, um, the opportunity to sell more is, is, is higher. If that makes sense, or well, the chance, you know, the chance of selling more looks is higher. So, 
but they, you know, these looks have to be different enough so that the client says, oh yeah, I want, you know, that's, that's different enough. So I want to buy this and, and one of those shots and another shot. Um, and at the same time, I need to be able to change over between them yeah, relatively quickly. So what, what I, what I do is with my standard looks, basically, I have a particular sequence, which basically means that I can start with this and then no, I just have to change the light. And then I'm into look two yep. and I just have to do this to get to change three, uh, to, to get into um, look three. And then I have to change the background, which, which usually when you change the backdrop, that's one of the most time intensive things. And mm-hmm. um, or if you have to, you know, change the whole lighting setup or whatever. So I'm trying to make that logical so that I can go from look one to look two to look three relatively quickly without having to set up, you know, with minimizing the, the setup time. That's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? So, um, because let's say I have three looks, one, two, and three. If I go from one into two, that will only take me two minutes to change the setup. But if I went from one into three, that would take me five minutes to change the mm-hmm. setup, which basically means I'm losing shooting time. And um, and so, yeah, so that's just kind of how I think. Um, but the more variety I can create, the more of a chance there is that the client goes, okay, well, I buy this and I buy one shot from that look and another look. And if you go through five looks and they buy at least one shot, uh, one shot from every look, then you've just sold five photos. Mm-hmm. And if you can cram six looks, then you might sell six. And that's additional profit. So, you know, I just look at it like that. Um, but of course, you know, if somebody says like, oh, well, and this happens quite frequently, they go like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I've got nothing, nothing else on today. I've got four hours. Then, then that's an opportunity there for me to actually maximize on that session. But I also have to have all those different looks ready to mm. rattle through because yep. otherwise they might just go, you know, if you, if you're done after four looks, well, they're only ever going to buy four photos. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing. Exactly right. That's the thing. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's a slightly different way of, of working compared to, you know, having, um, you know, having set, you know, packages or like, you know, having, uh, time restrictions on a shoot or whatever. It's an opportunity to uh, effectively upsell, but you're going to have to do your homework and and get that variety mm-hmm. going. And you know, and you have to have a logical sequence as to um, how to change from one to the other, because otherwise, you know, if you spend well, obviously, if you spend a lot of time changing your your kit around, then you're not shooting, and then you're not creating product that the client can potentially buy. That's so, it. you know. That's the thing. But, and, and this is why, it's, to tie this back to creating, hmm. this is why, you, you know, you, you go and create. You come up with these different yeah. looks. You know, you do yeah. self-portraits for, you know, in this kind of circumstance. Yeah. You shoot your family and friends. Absolutely. Well, now, yeah, and just definitely. be creative and just go, you know what, I just want to invite a mate over. It, Have, exactly. You know what, I'll tell you what, yeah. come over, I'll buy the box of beer and we'll just have a few beers and all I want you to do is just pose for me in the way that I say. Yeah. And I'm just going to try out loads of stuff. Some of it might be crap. No problem. No problem. Yeah. We'll just delete those. You never have to look at those again. But in my case, it's usually it's, it's usually self-portraits or, you know, I get, um, you know, one of my daughters to stand in. Yeah. Uh, and at the moment, my youngest daughter is, you know, she's game still. Speaking of which, you owe us a barbecue still. 
Oh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Fuss and Gary. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Sorry, people, you're just going to have to hang on two seconds while we sort <laughs> this out. <laughs> oh, yeah, can absolutely happen. My, my, um, my garden is... Like my lawn is burned to smithereens. There we go. So if you, you know, so your dog can piss all up, piss uh, all over it. Well, it's not that. I mean, if you want to have a barbecue <laughs> in a virtual desert, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should right. do that. Yeah, Done. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Totally. Anyway, we're back. <laughs> to a bar- I, I make, I make a kid a smash burger, my friend. Oh, you, you, you got to put your money where your mouth is. I've actually made a lot of burgers recently. Mm. Well, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> oh, I'd be in Germany on Sunday. <laughs> I see, I, I see your garden on Sunday. Oh, here's the thing. Oh, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh. So, you know, this is like on a completely different topic. Moving house. Mm. Oh, boy. So, I, you know, I've, I've gone to Germany. Good fun, huh? Well, I've been to Germany recently, as you know, you know. And uh, one of the reasons I went to Germany was uh, because I was going to, you know, I was going to hang out with my youngest daughter. Um, and my mom, so my, my daughter's grandmother, and we were going to have some family time. But my mom also happens to uh, have to be in the process of moving house. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we were helping with the whole house move thing, right? And to start out with, my mom had this, this, uh, this idea that at first glance sounds like it makes sense. Because she kind of thought like, oh, well, we've got a month to move house because she's renting out her apartment and the tenant moves in the 1st of September. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we've got a month to move house, so why don't we just take it slow? You know, every time I go over, because she's moving in together with her partner. Um, you know, we'll load up the car and we'll take some stuff. And then the next time you come over, you take some stuff and we'll just do it, you know, slowly and gradually over, over the course of a month. So it's no big hassle, no stress, easy. That really doesn't work <laughs> because it actually, what it actually does is it creates a whole month of stress. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, you know, there was a point where I said to her, like, look, I think what you should have done is you should have just hired some guys in a van, you know, like a removal truck and just get all done in a weekend. And then it's super stressed for a weekend, but then you're done. It's done. You know, you're not dragging it out over the course of a whole month, you know, which is mind-numbingly atrocious. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Oh, so anyway. Yep. So, yeah. So I will this, never move myself again. Okay. So in this, in this whole process, right? I hate it. it. Cause there's, there's always this, you know, my mom was like, she was like getting, you know, I, I, I get a bad knee walking up and down stairs. Yeah. I got a bad back. Yeah. I have to ask people to help. Sod that. Just spend a few hundred quid. You're buying a house. You're spending God knows how much. Yeah, yeah. Spend an extra few hundred quid and have someone who does it every day. Yeah, you're buying. Knows how to do it quickly. Yeah, and is got the stamina to do it, and the people to do it. But here's here's the thing, you know. So she's she was like getting herself in a complete tip because she's running around you know, doing one thing in one room and then like doing another thing in another room and then she went to the kitchen and she's going through drawers and, you know, getting stressed out about this. And someone said, look, let's do this differently. Let's just focus on one room at a time, right? If you do the bedroom, forget about the kitchen because we're doing the kitchen tomorrow or the day after or whatever. But for today, we're only going to do the bedroom. 
So whatever you think is you happening. You don't need while you're still here. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, and so we start doing that. And, you know, and the thing, the thing was, uh, she was going through stuff and couldn't decide what to take and what not. And I said, like, look, there are only three things that could potentially happen to each one of these objects in front of you. You either keep it or you throw it away or you give it away. These are the only three things that can possibly happen to mm-hmm. any of these, all that stuff that's in front of you, right? So this is the only question you have to ask yourself. Do you want to keep it? Do you want to give it away? Or do you want to throw it away? And you make, literally make three piles. The stuff you're going to keep, the stuff you're going to throw yep. away, and the stuff you're going to give away. And that's it, right? At this point, you're not going to think about who you're going to give it to, you know, don't worry about that. You're not going to think about, am I going to, you know, how are you going to throw it away? Is it going to go in a in house rubbish or is it going to go in a, you know, to the recycling yard or whatever? Mm-hmm. You're not going to think any, any further than this primary objective. Keep it, throw it away or, or give it away, right? And, and it's really interesting. I'll tell you what, I've learned a lot about my mom, but I've learned, you know, generally it's really interesting how different people have different, um, you know, What's the word? Like different people have different ways of, of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. my mom is the kind of person, like her house is always super tidy. It's in like, everything's in tip top condition. Like she, she basically, if it's Easter, all the Easter decorations out. If it's, if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, all, all that decorations out. I mean, it looks like a show home every time you walk in there, right? It's always, it's always been the case ever since, ever since I was a kid. And that's just how she is. She likes doing that. She likes decorating, whatever. Um, so we were going through a bunch of boxes of old family photos, right? And there were, I think there were five boxes. The boxes weren't particularly big. They were about maybe three centimeters by. 10, 15 centimeters, something like that. Like a shoebox. Like a shoebox. Actually smaller than a shoebox, in fact. Mm-hmm. There were about five of them. And she's like, oh, I can't take, there's no space, you know, in the, in the new place. There's no space in the basement. It's all full of stuff. And whatever, you know. For shoeboxes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, half, imagine it to be a half, half a shoebox, right? Roughly. So she's like, oh, I've got to get rid of this and get rid of it. And I said, like, okay, well, listen, you know, you, at this point, you don't know I mean, there's, there's certainly there are probably photographs you can get rid of, whatever. But you don't know what you're going to keep and what you're not. You know, that's not something to decide right now. You know, you basically put them on the side. You keep them for now. And then, you know, on a quiet evening, you can go through each box and go through the photographs and decide mm-hmm. what you're going to keep and what not. But, but right now, you just have to make the decision, basically, whether you're going to keep it or not. Okay. Anyway. So then, and then... Anyway, she was she was getting into a panic. It's like, oh, you know, there's no place to keep this. Oh, there's no space. Oh, oh. And so in the end, she decided to throw all these boxes away, right? And I'm like, you know, I'm sort of shocked because I'm like, oh my God, they're like photographs, you know? It's like history, do you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, oh, okay, I couldn't, anyway, couldn't get to grips with that. Mm. But then, you know what she, but then, you know, you know what she <laughs> decided to keep? Five uh, removal boxes of shoes. Spectacular. And boxes and boxes of Easter and Christmas decorations. And 
boxes. Yeah, throw the photos away. But but throw the photos away. And you can you know, you could like, wow. You don't really want to know what I think about that. No, exactly. I mean, so the thing is like, and you just realize that, you know, pe- different people just have completely different priorities yeah. from yourself. And, and, you know, on one hand, on one hand, of course, you can think, well, okay, I'm open-minded enough to realize that that's fine. You know, not everybody's. I mean, I look at, I look at some of these photographs and they're like, you know, they're probably nearly a hundred years old, you know? And you look at those and you're like, wow, I mean, it's, you know, it's incredible. These were all living, breathing yeah, yeah. people, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're all dead now or whatever. Um, but, you know, this might be, and a lot of the time, of course, I don't recognize the people in there, but I'd be like, you know, my my dad's uncle's brother's niece who shared a toaster with a guy who shared a flat with at one point, you know. Um, so I don't know who they are. Mm. But, you know, clearly these, these photographs would have meant something to someone at a time. And it's, just found it. I found it very difficult, very very difficult to uh, to get rid of that. And then you know, at the same time, um, my mom's uh, my mom's partner had an old slide projector, like a really old slide projector nice. like from the fifties or something. And he said, like, look, you know, I'm trying to get rid of stuff from the basement, the basement. And he goes like, but I thought you might like this. I don't want to throw it away. Um, if you like it, you can, if you want it, you can have it. And I looked at it and it's really awesome. It's fully functional, totally awesome in its own little carry case and everything. And, uh, and it, it fit in my, in my suitcase. Oh, well, convenient. Huh? <laughs> so, yeah, convenient. so, you know, it now resides at my house in the UK, but, um, but you know, it, it's just, uh, it just goes to show, you know, sometimes when you, know, you have to make decisions like that. It just goes to show that different people have different priorities. Now, Absolutely. You know, maybe maybe it's that true. is why we are photographers and picture makers. It's because maybe. photographs just mean maybe. more to us than they may they may mean to other people. Maybe. Maybe. So it really made me think, you know, it's like, oh man, I can't throw away. But you but, you got a slide projector out of it and that's uh I did. I don't yeah. have any slides. And on that smug bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Anywho, dear. so yeah. Now, um, this time we really want to hear from you. Um, you know, let us know what your process of creating stuff is. You know, um, how do you go about it? You know, is it what does it mean to you? You know, are you interested in the process? Are you not? You know, is it just a thing that you do? You know, for a living, and you couldn't be asked to. You know, do any more than that? Like, you know, come five o'clock. You you know, pull the shutters down, shut the door, and you go home. Um, if that's you, absolutely perfectly fine. But we do want to hear from you. So if you get in touch with us, um, you know, hit us up on Instagram, on TikTok, um, send us an email on cameraShakePodcast at gmail.com. Whichever, send us a pigeon. Whichever way you do it, awesome. Get in touch. Also, if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, you know, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, remember to, you know, give us a little uh, star rating. That'd be phenomenal because it really helps us being found on the platform. Um, you know, and if you are so inclined, Head over to YouTube, you know, if you want to see us in full Technicolor. And, uh, you know, if you want to check out our new look set, uh, let us know what you think about that. Also phenomenal. So um, that's it. It's episode 117 of the Camera Shack podcast in the back. Woohoo! Woohoo! We're going to be back next week um, in different, <laughs> different countries once again. Once again. <laughs> 
Anyhow, but after that, ooh, after that, so if you're still listening, then uh, good news because uh, because next time we're going to be talking about a photography show that's coming up um, next month. Oh yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have been there by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 So we're going to be talking about that and uh, all the amazing stuff that's happening there. The program has just come out, and I've had a look at it, and it's phenomenal. So it's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, We haven't even settled the dates that we're going yet. Oh no, no, no. But you know. But anyway, we'll be there. Might be there for a minute or two. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that next time. Anyway, that's it. Episode 117. Shabang. Shabang. See you next week. Laters. Laters.